to episode 36, that's right, 36 of Sports Banter with Mr. Peanut. And the polar bear that's hydrating as usual. Gotta get hydrated, we got a lot to discuss. What a weekend, if you will. What a weekend. Actually, this is a special episode because, you know, there's some episodes where you text me beforehand, the excitement. Oh the yeah, there was level. a lot going on this weekend. <laughs> a lot of football, a lot of shit. I guess yeah. just a lot of shit within the NFL. And know? that's exactly what we're going to start with. The NFL Week 5 in review. You know, kind of take me around the carousel. Where, where do you want to start? Oh man. Well, I know we have our agenda, if you will. And I don't want to, you know. I, I guess DBA? We'll, yeah, no, no, no. I'll, I'll start from the top. But, you know, let, let's. I posted this on my personal Instagram on Monday, I believe. Maybe it was Sunday afternoon. No, it was definitely Monday. Yesterday. And, no, it was definitely Sunday. Um, <laughs> At some point in time, it was posted. Some point in time, you know. That, and it was published. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, the biggest thing was, uh, oh, hey, you know, Siri's even jumping in on our uh, little conversation. Um, so, the biggest thing I saw was, Everybody was posting about how Dan Campbell for the Lions, head coach, is, head coach, yep, is crying about the the fight that his team has. And I posted, I said, you know, that's great and all, and it's good to have a a coach that you want to fight for and play mm-hmm. for, and you know, balls to the wall, if you will. But he's getting paid millions of dollars to win, and well, he's not fucking doing it. Unfortunate for him, he's. Coaching the Detroit Lions, who just don't win. Exactly, and I, I compl- and you know what? I posted that knowing, you know, like yeah, of course. he's with a horrible organization, <laughs> and he's being forced to essentially make a pivot. But I guess what's fighting against him for me is he's never had a head coach position where he's been successful, and I think it's his first stint. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. and. To be with the Lions, like... It's an uphill battle. Yeah, you already have three outs. Like, you're (laughs) out, you know? I mean, it's just... I don't know. My take on that game, this is what happened to... Oh, yeah, exactly. uh, See what happened. Because, you know, I'm locked in for 12 hours a day on Sunday and for three on Monday. So, I I got (laughs) it all going. But the Lions were playing the Vikings. And very close game. Everyone expected, you know, Vikings are favored. But in the last... 30 seconds, the Lions put together a drive, like, with 30 seconds, scored a touchdown, and then could have kicked the extra point to tie it. However, they elected to go for the two, which I already was like, oh, boy, here's the classic Lion. Like, they're not going to get it, and then it's like, Jesus, yeah, you, can't, you can't get overtime, or what's the deal? But they actually get it, and I'm going, wow, you know, great for the Lions and Dan Campbell that they finally are going to get out of this haven't won a game whole. Like, I could care less, but it's like, yeah, you know, get or a W to fans. your name. Yeah, yeah, just like, come on. They're even in the Bears division, and I'm like, pity rooting for the Lions. <laughs> um, so anyway, I turn away, I go to a different game, and then uh, I see that the Vikings are driving, yeah. and they get into field goal range, and they win on the last second field goal, so... Complete heartbreaking defeat for the Lions team, but like I texted you, um, I mean, if you're on that defense and you finally have an opportunity to just win the game, and you know it wasn't like they were, they got a big kick return or anything. Yeah. It's like you start on the twenty five, 
with 28 seconds left. You can't let, especially a guy like Kirk Cousins, who I think is highly overrated and prone to mistakes, you can't let that guy beat you with the on the verge of getting your first victory of the year. Yeah. So that's, I mean. The, You're nutting up and saying, yeah, fuck this. You're somebody not on that on defense us. has to be like, look, we're not going to blow this and continue this skid. Like, we're going to win on a Sunday yeah. and get our first W. Winners check, you know? Like, that should be the mentality. And then, you know, however that drive went down is you didn't get the job done and you allowed a team who isn't really even that good in the Vikings to steal that win from you. And that's what leads to Dan Campbell kind of being like, shit, man. If we can't win that one, like... What the fuck's going on? Yeah, it's we're going to lose a lot of games this year. And maybe that was a realization he had. And he's like, damn, like, I really thought we had it. Mm-hmm. And we should have had it. But... And know? he's a passionate coach. Yeah. I mean, he's passionate. And I love that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I won't knock his passion. I think just the biggest thing is, you know, go for two, fine. Like... As long as you get it, you get it. But if he didn't, you're... Yeah, he goes for a lot in that situation. They did get it. Um, I think what you're attributing it to of, like, hey, he's paid to win games. Like, the Lions culture is trash. Yeah, yeah. You have to step up in that last moment, win the damn game. Like, it just takes one stop on defense or... It's like a Lions curse, man. Yeah, so... It's disgusting, and if you had to deal with that each week like Dan Campbell has to each day, I mean, poof, that's got a weigh on you. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just, it's so crazy. That was, that was one uh, <laughs> one thing that happened on Sunday. Oh, Very, yeah. That was a blip on the radar. Yeah, exactly. Then we move into the, the Bears-Raider game. Before I give my passionate take on what the hell happened there, because honestly, shocking. Shocking performance by the Bears. I agree. But, go ahead. I mean, I, I'm... I'm I'm in complete agreeance with the peanut on uh, Shock City, if you will. <laughs> um, I I had Raiders to win, as I think as, did per- I. as probably ninety percent of the world had the Raiders <laughs> to win, and you know, mm, I, I'll just quickly say it: all the shit that's surrounding the Raiders post this weekend, <laughs> pre this weekend, if you will. May have affected how they played. I'm just saying that. We're not touching that at all. I don't want to touch yeah. that with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> I'm just saying that all the shit that's going on with the Raiders right now, that there's a lot of shit going on. And that, yeah, I think... It hasn't it hadn't quite reached the level it's at now. But no. I, it, it was definitely matriculating. Exactly. And so with that being said, I didn't really think about that going into yeah. Sunday. But, you know, I think it definitely had an effect on how they played. But, again, like... There's something with the Raiders. It's, and it may be John Gruden himself. Like just how he coaches a game is very odd to me. Again, I don't. I'm. He's got years on me, so I'm. I'm gonna say that. <laughs> but it's just, I don't know. Some decisions are just weird. And then, I don't think they prepared for how well the Bears were going to come out and play, to be honest. That's how I got it. Yeah, the I, I would say the execution of the Raiders was very, very off. Or, I mean, they didn't even score for the longest time. Yeah. So I'm sitting there going, I'm basically just, you know, I'm I'm going down with this ship. Like, I'm going to watch this game because I like football. That's my team, but, like, not expecting anything here. Yeah. And, yes. um, you know, I don't know. The The key is they are able to run the ball all of a sudden. Where they're gaining like eight yards of, you know, a first down, which sets up you know second and two, and 
that type of game managing situation where Justin Fields can be more successful in. Kind yeah. of what I was talking about in his first start, where it's like put him in better situations. Um, so that's that has been shocking how well the O line has responded to that insanely horrible game in Cleveland the past two weeks to be able to establish a run game uh, where you're getting about 150 yards a game. Yeah. And their main guy, David Montgomery, who is great, is out. So you got Damian Williams and Khalil Herbert in the backfield, and they are performing, you know, and they're eating a lot of clock. At the beginning of the game, it was pretty much what I expected, you know, three and outs and hurries, and I'm like, ugh. Get in the groove. We don't, we don't look good. Get in the bear groove, But to will. the Bears' defense's credit, I mean, they're kind of starting to get a little mojo going on their side. Of That's it. We're great. not going to give up any yeah. points, and we're a bend, don't break D, and they played exactly like that. I've not given up any big plays, which was big problem in the first game versus the Rams. Mm-hmm. And the Rams just, you know, you can't you just can't give up big plays. It's a huge momentum swing. But, I mean, <laughs> look, we pretty much dominated that whole game offensively and defensively yeah. and special teams. Didn't expect any of that. Justin Fields throws his first touchdown of his career, which was great to see. It was a back shoulder to the tight end with the... I mean, it was just a well-placed throw. Let's just say that. Yeah. Um, are his numbers impressive to me? Like, no. Not really. But he's doing enough to get us wins. And if we continue to win, I got no gripe with it. That's exactly... I agree with you. And the way... I think... I think that game for Justin Fields and also a Bears fan like yourself, it gave you like a glimpse of, wow, we can, you know, we are progressing in the right, 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 right. To me, it was like, I could see there's kind of this flip of the guys are, you know, playing inspired football and Justin Fields is assuming to be a good leader. Like I, I see people excited to play for a guy like that. That's. You know, I I feel like he's just a hard worker that you can respect first and foremost. Like, okay, this guy's going to put in the work. Like we had heard earlier in the week, uh, he got the starting job officially and then his parents wanted to take him out and he's like, no, I'm just staying in to watch film because I want to win this week. If that's the guy's mentality, like I, you, anybody can get behind that if you're on that team. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think too, what, what, like just to piggyback off that as well, you know, to get a win against the Raiders in my mind, in Las Vegas. And, yeah, and and also just with how the Bears have been playing thus far, it's, as you said, I mean, on defense, it just seems like they're more confident. I think beating the Raiders was a huge mm-hmm. confidence booster because yeah. look at who the Raiders have beat this year and how they've played. I mean, you know, that's a top, I mean, it's not a top echelon team, but I mean, they're middle of the road, right. higher up team, and for your team (laughs) the bears to perform the way they did on offense defense and special teams it just shows that again may it may not all be justin fields but you have which it it isn't let's put it that way yeah i mean you have justin fields at your quarterback you have your two uh running backs that you said are two backup guys i Mm -hmm. mean those guys are essentially fighting for spots i mean it's just this it's this momentum of I want to be here and I want to succeed. And maybe that's what's going and on. There's a team unit forming. And look, I don't want to make it seem like I'm expecting the Bears to no, go no, anywhere. No, I even we know are that, a very you know. average team. But <laughs> at the same token, like as a fan, 
just seeing a team play together who, yeah. who isn't necessarily like yes. we're not the Chiefs, we're not the Bills, like we're not those types of teams yes. that can just score at will, um, or have that you know like you know Super Bowl or bust mentality. But if we can find ways to win without those pieces, as we're building up Justin Fields, who is going to be our main piece, I mean that's. That's about as good as I can ask for. And the effort is there. Yeah. And guys like Khalil Mack are making plays. He had two sacks last week, and he's playing hurt. So it's like you respect that as a yeah. fan. You know, if if we're not going to be great, at least we're going to play our ass off and see what happens. So huge win for the Bears. And the Chicago crowd was alive and well in Las Vegas, by the way. My dad was there. Said oh, it was God, that's very great. loud. Um, so, I mean, Chicago's, Chicago fans are the best. There and I go. love it. And now we play the Packers this week, so I'm sure Aaron Rodgers will like put me in my place, and like that's fine. Yeah, but fuck that. I might take the Bears <laughs> this week. It is a home game. It's in Chicago, so and look at how to me how poorly the Packers played this past weekend. I think there is a little bit of false hope of like the Bears could play well in this game, but you have to understand, Polar Bear. This doesn't go well for us. I know. Okay, it doesn't matter. Rodgers isn't playing that great, really. Like, they should have lost to the Bengals. No, dude, he wants to fucking go play golf. But, in Hawaii with his But if he played two games a year and it was versus the Bears, he'd have, like, the greatest stats of all time. That's just what it is. There's nothing I can do about it. Look, that's what it is. So we'll see what happens. But I'm happy that the Bears I mean, I'm, well I'm going to take the Bears this week, so I don't really care. With the spread? Is that what you mean? No, no, I'm just taking them to win. <laughs> well, you'd cash out some money then. I mean, I'm glad I'm doing Theoretically. Hey, you know. Um, so that's that's clean. I, it was a very happy day. I was, literally, I'm watching the game. It's like, wow. We're doing like, well. What the hell is going on? I'm <laughs> waiting for the cards to fall down. And, <laughs> you know, the ball goes in the back of the end zone. Raiders pick it up. And they had their chances. But the Bears stepped up each time. Got interceptions. Got yeah. the first down. Justin Fields, again, at the end of the game. Gets a drive down the field so we can ice the game with a field goal. I mean... He does enough. He yeah, does that's enough. Right. Um, but how about in a completely opposite game between two top AFC contenders? Best game of the weekend. I unbelievable say. game. Man. Chargers. We're talking Chargers. We're talking Browns, which I was excited to watch anyway because those are you know those are two highly touted teams, and we both had talked about how we think the Chargers are legitimate this year, mm-hmm. and it was this was a test, like for sure. I agree. I think you know. You know what's funny is uh, the uh, Chargers and Browns are the exact same teams, except one has a better quarterback. Yeah, much. And Baker Mayfield had a great. We'll get into the end of the game, but Justin Herbert is the real fucking deal. That guy is. Yeah, you know, he's in his second year, and he is just throwing darts everywhere. Yeah. I mean, he's he's placing balls just... You know, it's hard for me to say this, again, as Chargers. You, <laughs> well, I like him. Like, Dean Spanos can, like, fuck Exactly, off, and I think that's kind of, like, where I'm at at this point. Like, I... You know... It is weird, though. It it's is, like they're connected. But yeah, I like the players a lot. I, I like Justin Herbert a lot. I love Joey Bosa, mm-hmm. you know. I, I like a lot of... I like a lot of the talent I don't on really like him now that much. You know, that's just a personal <laughs> thing. But... Other than that, I mean, again, we're seeing, we're happy to see it. Yeah. You know, but I mean, the game itself, I mean, Justin Herbert was just kind of. Well, it was an absolute shootout. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And just, 
Exactly, like shot for shot, which is Literally. really cool to touchdown, see. Touchdown, 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 touchdown. And the whole, it was the whole game was like that. You yeah. got Chubb, uh, you know, breaking a 60-yard touchdown run. And Joku Dude, got that like run a, was so fucking good. Yeah. And Joku got a 70-yard touchdown catch and run. Mike Williams got a set. I mean, it was like big play after big play. Like, there was defense at times. But it was a completely offensive explosion on both sides. And it was like, if you don't score, that might be the end of the game. And it was diverse, too. It wasn't just like, all right, I'm throwing a bomb here. I'm throwing a bomb there. It's both the Chargers were running the ball and, you know, scoring on runs and off touch of passes. And then you also have, again, I think that the Browns have one of the best running games in the NFL right now. Yeah. You have two exceptional running backs with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb that are like, it, it, the nice thing is, is like, all right, Nick Chum's getting a break. <laughs> Kareem yeah, Hunt. Let's is, put in our other All Pro. Yeah, and that's really what it is. Who's ever doing that substitution? I don't know even how that works because it's like. Let's put it this way: Hugh Jackson <laughs> would have loved to have had that running <laughs> that that those running they backs. They would have been a good four and twelve with Hugh Jackson. They would have, <laughs> but I mean, Hugh Jackson, you know, running back coach. Oh you yeah. Know, it, just to be around those two guys. I think it's any guys. offensive coordinator is like, oh, dream. my God. Because you shouldn't, it's only because Kareem Hunt had like a, you know, mishap is why he's even on the Browns in the first place. It's like a team that took a chance on him, but any team could have signed him. But now it's like, well, before he even was in that situation, he was an all-pro running back for yeah. the Chiefs. So you taking that guy and putting him on a team that was building, and Nick Chubb's good in his own right. Yeah, I mean, I think this, I think the, both teams have the same weapons, and how they were able to use them in the game was, you know. Yeah, it was, I mean, if you're, if, if you didn't even like football, and you were just, like, you had just thrown it on the TV, that would be the game that you'd want to see. Yeah, I agree There's with you. just ultimate action the entire time, long plays, like, I kind of like the dirtier physical football, but, I mean, this was just the opposite side of it, and I loved it. But, let's get into a couple things here, and one is... The Chargers have a huge kicker problem. Oh my if you god! Notice in that aspect, almost blew the game for them. And yeah. this is a credit to how good the Chargers' offense is to overcome. So what I'm talking about, uh, the Chargers, they're down forty-two thirty-five, and then they go score a touchdown. In there's like a I don't know two minutes left. I believe maybe three so, minutes yeah. left, and so they go to the extra point to tie it up, and the dude. Misses his second of the day. Uh-huh. Second extra point. So now they're down one, giving the ball back to the Browns. Completely changes the yeah. you know type of game you're in now. Because the Browns are like, all right, well, if we get enough first downs, we can just end this game. Uh, to the Chargers' defense credit, they got the ball back to the offense. And then the Chargers scored again. And then they go for two, get that. Or no, they didn't. They they got it, then they reviewed it, and they, they didn't get it. But... Anyway, the Chargers have to overcome the kicker issue once again. So I don't know if Vizcaino is going to be there anymore, but that was a horrendous game from him. You know what's interesting is, in regards to kicking, is, you know, in my mind, why not just go for two? You know, just, if you're if you're within, if you've just scored... Do you have a guy that's, like, that bad? Or yeah, if I have, if it per... Well, I didn't think they thought he was that bad. No, I know, but if, <laughs> after like a week of, you know, just complete bullshit as your kicker, at this point I'm going, hey, we're going for two. If it's a long field goal, we'll have him try it out. Like, right. you're a reserve kicker now. 
But that's I. That's a great point. But to me, if all on the other side, like I would get rid of him immediately. And yeah, that's, yeah, I completely. Agree I would with you. go with. There's other kickers out. Like the Bears got Cairo Santos from nowhere. He yeah. Was, and he's been nails for the Bears. So I think there's other guys out there that you can at least give a shot because. The one thing that the Bears made a huge mistake on the last time we were in the playoffs was we kept Cody Parkey the entire year, and he had been a problem. Like, he yeah. had hit the uprights a million times. He had missed extra points. It was a known fact from Bears fans. Like, if the game's in the line with this guy as our kicker, this could be a problem. It ain't happening. And it yep. turned out to be a massive problem. Lost, you know, the playoff game with a double doink, whatever. But that, like, you could have seen that the whole time. So you may like the guy. He may be a great guy. But if he's not reliable at his post, at his job, then why do you allow Fire him, him to work through it when there's so many guys who can kick? Yeah, I completely agree with you. So I think, you know, teams almost give too much chances to kickers who struggle like this guy. And I think I think you bring up a good point just, ba- like, NFL mindset-wise is I think that with kickers specifically you know because some teams have kickoffs and punters and then they have their field goal guy but I think specifically with NFL teams and football teams too is if a guy misses quite a bit of kicks you know one to two weeks it's like he's in a slump and and there's that mindset right like as a coach it's like he's just in a fucking slump right now you know hey man focus on mechanics you know blah 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 blah. right and I, I I think that's because and i Again, I'm generalizing from my coaching experience, but like, kickers are doing their own shit. They're weird cats. They're Let's doing their own way. shit, man. They do their own thing. They, right. We, They're on we, their own regimen. Exactly. We let you do your own Head thing cases. because when time comes, you better fucking do your right. job. You got one thing to do and you got to do it. Exactly. And I agree with you. I think, hey, dude, you're not doing your job. Right. And it's been consistent. You're fucking out. Right. And you know what? I would take I would take someone that's consistently missed for two games and fire his ass and take a guy that I have no idea about but can fucking kick. I'm going to give him the give shot. Give him a shot, yeah. Exactly. Keep both of them on and say, hey, he's kicking for us. And if he makes the shit, you're fucking out. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And then, so, I mean, that was one piece of... That's a lot about kickers. Let's not right. do that again. Well, that... <laughs> Almost because he he almost blew the game for yes, the Chargers. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so the Chargers score, and then on the last, so the Browns are getting the ball back with a minute 30 left, and I'm going, I think I texted you actually. I texted you and my Browns buddy Sam. I said, all right, Baker, let's see it. You did because text me that. Because this is it. A minute 30 left, you're down five, you can't kick the field goal. Let's see it. Yeah, like, man. This is it. You've had a great game. to Up to this point, you've had a great game. But can you win the game? Completely different uh, mindset. skill set, yeah. mindset, like everything. And he had look, he had great stats. But the last drive, first, most poor, and I don't know if this is him or the coach or both, most poorly mismanaged uh, clock management and, yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah, they throw they throw two five yard like outs to Kareem Hunt, who's obviously open because you know if. The demons go. They're thinking deep. Yeah. yeah. Take the five yards and they keep him in bounds. So the clock's just rolling and rolling. They were in hurry up, but it wasn't you know as urgent as it needed to be. Uh-huh. What you know they're not stopping the clock, so they had wasted about forty five seconds and gained like ten yards. 
So immediately I'm going, oh, this ain't happening. Yeah, no and, way. And also to that point, because I noticed the exact same thing. The first thing I thought of was, Baker, you're in year, what, four or five? As a top-tier quarterback, and I'm saying this in quotes, you need to take control. Like, hurry right, the fuck right, up. Right, This is, that's it, though. That was my whole, like, let's see it. Because yeah. there isn't a guy on the sideline that can do this for you. The great ones just do it because they know what they're supposed to do after the completion. They're already thinking ahead. It's a special type of guy. It's not every quarterback. And also to that point, he's been with the Browns. You know, he's a veteran within that locker room. And he's also, in my mind, after three years, you're a veteran within the NFL. So you're a veteran at that point, at that post. And dude, if your coach or your OC isn't giving you the plays fucking fast enough, it's like, fuck this. I know exactly what we're running. Uh, Y2 waggle banana. You know, like right. fucking John Gruden it up. Just, <laughs> you have, you, he knows the fucking plays to be like, we're, I'm doing my own right. two minute drill. And you should, well, and if he doesn't, like, that's a problem because yeah. you already should have that in your head going into that, you know, when they're kicking the ball off, like, all right, here's what we, here's, here's a what band. might work. Yeah. Here's a fucking band with 30 plays on it. Pick whichever you want, but these are our two minute drill plays. Yeah. There you go. You're fucking done. So they wasted forever. They gained 10 yards. And then, you know, they had one more completion, I think. And then there was like six seconds left. And it was... So now I'm, I'm watching. I'm just going... I mean, they just settled for a Hail Mary, which is... I don't know what the percentage is on that. Maybe like 10% of those work. Probably less. I would say less but, than that, actually. I mean, there was no drive. It was like, let's get to the 50, and then I'm just going to air it out and like hope for the best. It's like what they were... And that's like, you're never going to win that way. And so it, what that told me is, at this point in time, if the Browns are in that kind of situation, then the game's over. Yeah. Because they don't have either the infrastructure in place or Baker Mayfield's not a two-minute win-the-game type guy versus a good team. Maybe if you're playing the Lions, you could figure it out because they're giving up yards at will. Yeah. But, um, you know, if you have aspirations to get into the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. then those are things that you absolutely have to do. And there's a reason that there's a top five list of quarterbacks who do that. Yeah. Brady Rodgers was Wilson, got hurt. But those guys know exactly what they're doing before that drive even begins. Exactly. It's muscle memory. They know, all right, I got two minutes. This is, these are my ten plays that I want to run here. I'll, mm-hmm. I can I can run through my Rolodex of 10 plays at my two minutes and say, these are the 10 plays I'm picking. If I get to a point where a Hail Mary is going to get us the win with two seconds left, that's my last ditch effort to right. say, we need that's to win this That's if you year. just run out of time. And, and, and that shouldn't be like, let's get to the 50 so I can throw the Hail Mary, which is what happened. Yeah, and, you know, as we as you progress with the, with the Hail Mary and what... When they got to the Hail Mary and... Baker tossed it up. There was, you know, classic Hail Mary confusion yeah. <laughs> in the end zone. But what fucking killed me, and I'm not a Browns fan. Well, no, fuck it. I am a little bit of a Browns fan based on their running game. Yeah. But what killed me was, I don't know, there was three wide receivers in the end zone. You had one run to the fucking end of the end zone and not even look for the football. You had another one fall. I don't know the wide receivers. I know. You had another I, two of them fell over each other though, which was but if you if you actually watch the the second one that fell, 
he fell not really as a result of tripping over someone. He just fell. Right. If he turned around, he would have caught it. Yeah. And again, I'm I'm talking like split second decisions, right. you know, things like that. Of course, you know, polar bear, what are you thinking? I'm going, fuck, turn your ass around and catch the ball. <laughs> I'm thinking like a fan, you yeah, know? Right. And then but what killed me was they there was one wide receiver that had potentially the opportunity to catch that football, and he ran to the fucking end of the end zone. Was he a deep, like a, an, a uh, you know, a diversion? Like, hey, he's going yeah, to the back, we need right. to cover him. It totally could have been that. But, you know, at the end, fuck that. They didn't have enough guys going up for that ball. So. And at, well, at the end of the day, it's like, that's why you don't put yourself in a Hail Mary situation. You're right, yeah. Because... Like There's said, too many variables. Is the guy in the back waiting for the tip? Like, who knows? That's not how you win a football game. We're not playing three flies up. Absolutely not. So, that was the Browns, Chargers <laughs> disaster. Hey, I'm glad you but know. Go, but the Chargers won, so yeah, and they look very good. They do look. They look like a very tough contender right now. Last thing I want to touch on, which can be real quick. Oh yeah. Is I'm glad we brought this. The up. Chiefs. Oh god, man. And I will give a lot of credit to the Bills. Bills look like the real deal. Josh Allen's hurdling people. Um, you Hit know, the first great fucking, road win. The first drive. <laughs> sorry, I'm super passionate no, about I love this. It. <laughs> the, the first drive of the Bills, Josh Allen had like, I want to say 50 or 60 rushing yards, and he scored the touchdown. Yeah. He, I mean, come on, man. He's a definite, definite MVP candidate. I put him and Herbert in the same category. Maybe Kyler Murray, too. Because they're undefeated, but yeah, um, I think he's on a he was on a completely different level. But so like I think you know Bills right now you are trending upward. You're doing what you're supposed to do. You're winning the big games. Your offense mm-hmm. is getting mm-hmm. on point. You could certainly get better in different respects, but you're making a lot of plays. You're a good team. Chiefs have no idea what's going on with that squad. Um, no running game, and Edwards Hilaire got hurt. Tyree Kill is. Kind of what we talked about two weeks ago with um, the Ravens said, we're just going to double team this guy and yeah. take him away. Kind of seemed like the Bills did that too, and the Chiefs still, you know, he caught like seven passes for 70 yards, no touchdowns. So they take that away. Um, and there's a lot of turnovers on offense as well. So it just, it's weird seeing the Chiefs struggle offensively when that has been their bread and butter since Mahomes became oh my god Mahomes. I, I think I I completely agree with you. Something I noticed too is that a lot of defenses with the Chiefs right now are just holding two safeties rather than having a single safety. So they're covering two sides of the field with depth. Mm-hmm. So you know Well they're daring teams to run on them and they you know they do a lot of like draws but it's almost like they are just committed to Mahomes is going to throw for 500 yards and we're going to beat you through the air and there's just nothing you can do about it until teams have done something about it. I completely agree. Also, within that game, I, I will say there was there was one toss early in the game from Mahomes to Travis Kelsey and Kelsey just fucking read it wrong and he was wide open. Yeah. I mean, you know. Well, that's, and there's those mistakes. Like, they're just out of sync. Yeah. That, that's what it is. Exactly. And I, I, I think it was two weeks ago, maybe, yeah, maybe two weeks ago where I brought up, like, doesn't it feel odd? And I'm focusing a lot on the Chiefs of, like, how the offenses are playing. It just seems like the Chiefs are in 
a weird funk and yeah. I don't I don't know if you notice totally this, this is me like totally like over analyzing games which is my MO <laughs> but like if you look at a lot of like if I if Patrick Mahomes throws a ball like a perfect example like the Travis Kelsey thing where he threw the ball and Travis Kelsey just whatever happened just didn't read it right every fucking time Patrick Mahomes is like come on man like keep going and it's like, fuck, after every throw you missed, it's the wide receiver's fault. Mm. But, dude, it a lot of times it's your fault. Mm. You're throwing the football. And whether the, whether, whether the wide receiver's route got broken up, whether the wide receiver got tripped up or fell or just forgot the fucking route, which even happens in the NFL, I mean, if I'm coming back to the huddle, like, is he getting a little shit talk from Pat, like Mahomes? Like, hey, man, I'm the fucking biggest you know kermit the frog like fuck listen to me you know (laughs) but i I don't know i got that weird dynamic and i'm sitting there watching the game and i'm going fuck this guy i'm i don't think the chiefs are in panic mode yet but it is a weird like that offense was not the chiefs who played versus the bills and the bills d is good they're not that good like it should have been pretty close like that game. That was what close. I was expecting. Was a so, really really close game. I think they're not panicked yet. You know, they're like, "Hey, we're two and three. Like, we can f- get this figured out. We just need to, you know." And I don't know who they play next, but maybe it's a, a favorable matchup. Uh-huh. But um, you know, you keep losing to good teams, and then that that'll flip that mentality. Yeah. Of, well, like, hey, we're winning some games, we're losing others. Like, and then it's. Is, is are we going to stick together in this? Because we've been very successful the last yeah. four years, including yeah. the Super Bowl win. Now we're going to go through some adversity because teams have good game plans for us now. And maybe the word is out on how to defend the Chiefs. Don't know. That would be very NFL-esque yeah. of the defensive brains. But right now, I mean, you got blown out at home versus a team that's hungry and that they want to be that team, which, you know, that was the AFC Championship game last year. So the Bills are already like, this is the team we need to beat. Um, I so, love that, by yeah, the way. The visual of Stephon Diggs watching the Chiefs celebrate the AFC Championship game is, you know, that's that's pretty awesome stuff when you're, you know, looking for motivation as a player. is like, all right, I'm going to remember this feeling. And that's why, you know, that game probably meant a lot to the Bills. If you look at how Stephon Diggs played that game. Yeah how he was acting on the sideline. I mean, fuck, there was a point where he brought the defense together on the sideline, and he was hyping the defense up. Like, we can fucking beat these yeah. guys. Also, uh, Sean McDermott is their head coach. There was a there yeah. was a there some penalty. I, 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 I can't remember what happened. And they had to physically restrain him <laughs> on the sideline from what I thought was he's going to beat the shit out of the ref. <laughs> and I think that game meant a lot. Like, I completely agree with you. Like, I think that game meant a lot, not only to the Bills, but, like, deep inside the soul of the yeah, team. Yeah, they, they wanted that to fuel them forward. They're like, yeah. You know, I mean, there's that ingrained, we lost to this team, like, we owe this team feeling. It's like, it has to happen tonight type shit. Yeah, we're going to punch you in the mouth, and we are not letting up. And just to see that from Sean McDermott, like, He's the head of the team, and that motherfucker looked like he was about to kill the referee. I, I just, just like, he's this short little fucking dude, dude. <laughs> we're just trying to work here, and yeah. so are we. Because we're moving forward into the MLB, which is getting toward, you know, championship, championship series. 
top a, tier baseball. Yeah, this is. Excuse me. You know, we don't have a dog in the fight, but playoff baseball is so awesome for one reason. Every pitch matters for its own purpose. Like, if you're a fan, I remember last year watching the Padres, just every pitch was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Whether that, you're in the field why or is that you're batting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Are you kidding? We're getting screwed already. It's yeah, pitch one. Exactly. But, so, there's a lot of series still in the works here, um, at least on the NL side. But the AL, the Red Sox upset the Rays as of last night, moving on to the ALCS. And the Astros beat the shit out of the White Sox. So it's going to be Astros, Red Sox in the ALCS. I uh, I really like that matchup, actually. Me too. I hate the Astros, so yes. I'm rooting for the Red Sox. Red Sox are an easy team to get behind in this. You know, it's going to be a while before I can look at the Astros and honestly, like, appreciate their nope. team. Like, it's going to be a long time. Because, I mean... Well, even though they're playing the White Sox, I'm not a White Sox guy, but I'd rather have them move on than the Astros. So I was already anti-Astros mm-hmm. yeah. in that respect. Um, I only like one Astros player, and it's Nolan Ryan, and that's it. There you go. But aside from that, let's, let's talk about the matchup of that those two teams. I think, for starters, the, <laughs> the Red Sox are kind of on a nice little tear. Yeah, they are. Scoring runs. Great energy. I mean, Boston, you know, Fenway Park energy God, man. was electric yesterday and the, you know, other games. So they're always going to have that type of support. But if you can put runs on the board early, um, you know, I, I like the Red Sox chances in that respect. On the other side, the Astros, I hate them a lot, but they have great players. Altuve is a great player mm-hmm. who, you know, hit an absolute bomb when it didn't even matter today. Um, to make it 10-1. to 1. And then Carlos Correa's, you know, he's a tough out. Bregman. Like, they have all the guys that... They have assets, man. Right. And, and they're, they're going to be tough at bats. And I think they match up really well. You know, they're both 90-ish win teams going into the playoffs. So, I think... And I think... Yeah, because the Red Sox are a wild card team. So, the Astros will have the home field. Uh, game one's going to tell a lot of how that series is going to go. I think for the Astros and the Red Sox, I think they both, like you like you said as well, is I think they both just, they're two teams that have exceptional athletes and assets on their team, and it's going to come down to, I think you said it right, is can you score runs early? Mm-hmm. Because I think it's going to be very difficult for, Either one of those teams, whoever's in the hot, you know, hot on that night, that team is not going to let you score. Mm -hmm. And you better knock it right. I mean, I love the Red Sox. I really like Chris Sale a lot. I I think he, I like him, you know, I'm going to focus on him, but I like him Mm -hmm. a lot because he gives me this like old pitcher mentality where it's like, this is my fucking game and I, I'm taking I'm taking charge, mm-hmm. and as a guy that loves baseball but also has a lot of respect for that position as a as as the as a pitcher, to have that guy in your in on your team and in your bullpen, it's just like, all right, we got you know yeah I you know. It, and that's exactly right. It's the simplest analysis, but pitching is going to be absolutely massive in this series because yes. both teams are extremely hot offensively wise. 
I would give the nudge to the Astros in that respect just because they scored more. Yeah. But the Red Sox, you know, matching up with the Rays, who are the top team in the league, or the AL, um, you know, they had to match up with that type of team, and they beat them. So they're also hot in their own respect. I'll say the pitcher today for the Astros, who pitched twice in that series, uh, McCulners. I don't. He's got nasty slider stuff. Yeah. Nasty. So I. It depends how much time they have off for the next series, but I would anticipate him being the game one starter. And I think it's Eovaldi and either Sale for game one of the Red Sox. Yeah, it's going to be fucking badass, man. But like the old adage says, the series doesn't start until somebody wins on the road. So I'm hoping that that series will go deep rather than, you know, just a clean ass whoop in one way or the other. Yeah, and I think, you know, as baseball fans, we just want to see that, you know, we want to, We want more games, but we want, like, tonight. Like, right. Well, even last night with the Red Sox Rays, yeah. the Red, so- Red Sox were up 5-1, 5-0. Rays came all the way back. I mean, it's great baseball. The Rays yeah. didn't give up, and they had the firepower and, you know, execution to get back in the game. That's what you want to see playoff baseball as, not the 10-1 to Astros over no. the White Sox BS. White Sox, trash effort. They had one game that they did anything with. And they won their division. They won their division by about you know twelve and a half games. So that has to suck if you're that type of fan. Right, Which has dude. happened to the Padres before too, where we play well and get into the divisional series, and then we just get our ass beat. Yeah, there's nothing fun about that. No, no, it's just like we just got kicked, man. Yeah. Like, so White Sox, you know, better better luck next year. But yeah. I think they'll be the central favorite again. But moving on to the NL side, we got Braves Brewers in game four right now, and it's four to four still, but the Braves are up two one in that series. Um you know, we were kinda of talking before of who do you like, who do you want? Um you know, I thought the Brewers pitching staff would have been like a real force in the playoffs. Yeah. And the fact that they're behind two one right now to the Braves is I guess it goes to the credit of the Braves have been there before and they have the right leadership in place of, you know, hey, we've been here before we yeah. with the same guys. Yeah, and, we don't need to worry about yeah, it. Yeah, and, you know, the Braves started slow this year and crept back in to be the NL East, NL East uh, champs. So yes. I think there's a lot of belief in that team, which is why they're up 2-1 and potentially clinching tonight. Yeah, I mean, I look, there's no dog in this fight that I like. But I think, you know, I told you earlier, like, the only reason I'm pushing for the Braves, and it's because of right. two reasons. Chipper <laughs> Jones and Greg You're Maddox. a classic baseball, baseball guy. guy. Yeah. I am. It's you fucking are. like. It's it's a, it's great because, <laughs> you know, those are such, and those are Hall of Famers, you know. Yeah, great. I went to Chipper Jones's. Yeah, Chip- I went to Chipper and Greg's Those are induction. Right. Those are phenomenal Braves. It, mind you, they haven't played in you know, at least 15 no. years. But McCardle. Hey, he likes Chipper Jones. He was a Brave, so he's going with the Braves. Fuck. That's how that brain works, and that's an insight into Polar Bear's brain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I overanalyze stuff, but I can tell you this. I want the and Braves Chipper to Jones win. was great. Yeah, exactly. And Tom Glavin and, you oh, know, Tom. Greg. They used to, and Smoltz, they used to have a great squad. Yeah, and they had great pitching, too, which is just so right. cool. And then, Sorry, that's a little too deep. But baseball history right there. There yeah, you go. No, Boom. Look, this is why we talk to each other about this shit. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Holy hell. But then in the most, uh, you know, highly touted matchup, I guess because we're Padre fans and it's the NL West, but the Giants-Dodgers game four is tonight, 
happening in about an hour. Uh, Giants, uh, did you watch last night? The 1 0 uh, victory? Just a little bit. Not, not too much last night. I fantastic, had over. fantastic okay. <laughs> defensive effort from the Giants to shut out the Dodgers on the road. I mean, and it's a 1 0 game the whole time, so you're just waiting for that big hit or yeah. that, yes. uh, you know, that ball to skip through. Brandon Crawford made an absolutely unbelievable Fernando Tatis esque. Ooh, jumping oh i did see that yeah yeah, yeah. to save the game tying run potentially a two-run single or double by mookie Betts. i mean like i said i was talking about it i ran into somebody at, like the bagel shop in la jolla i was getting a bagel and they were talking about the playoffs and the giants and then i basically basically it just got to the point where i was like are you guys talking about the giants and they're like yeah and i was like they just win games yeah like that's there's no it's There's so no crazy big too. secret of no. what they're doing. They no. just play tremendously solid baseball, and they aren't going to beat themselves. So you no. have to beat them. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's, you know, it's such a simple, you know, term, mm-hmm. if you will, for the Giants. And also, it it kind of explains their season. It's just like exactly they just win games. I mean, they have the best they, record in baseball. They find ways to win. Yeah. And they're never, you know, they're just never out of it, so to speak. And also to that point, I think going into, you know, this playoff baseball, you know, atmosphere, why not have that confidence of boys? We're, I mean, we're playing the same and we're fucking yeah. winning. You know, because a lot of times yeah. it's like, you're trying hey to do guys, something extra. Exactly. Right. Hey, guys, we're pushing into the playoffs now. Yeah. We got to be a little bit better. And now it's for the Giants. It's like, no, I don't think hey, so. Yeah, we're I'm doing my thing. Yeah, we've been winning all year. Why, yeah, why change yes. anything that we've done? So that's exactly what happened yesterday. They had one solo shot from Evan Longoria, and you figure, you know, the Giants have Earth. Well, Giants do too, but the Dodgers have a high-powered offense. They got oh, you know the biggest payroll in baseball. You're figuring at some point somebody's going to run into one, mm-hmm. or they're going to put together an inning or something. And the Giants just put pitcher after pitcher out there, making incredible defensive plays, and just, you know, not making any errors, just pinpoint baseball, getting the outs when they needed it. Yeah. And they come out of there with a 1-0 W. Can that be replicated tonight? I don't think so. But it gives them a position tonight to I be like, we agree. can finish this tonight. Yeah. Instead of, we have to win tonight. Yes. And if they do lose, and they go home. You know, so that's a huge, huge, complete difference based on how they played last night. I agree. I think, you know, a big thing is it it just there's not much more from me on the sense of just the Giants are able one, the Giants are able to just play baseball and, and just do it really well. It, to your like just what you mean by that, and I know you mean this, is it doesn't depend on one person no. to play well. That's why the Giants they and it, look, it's so cliche, but they literally play as a team where it doesn't depend on, oh, Buster Posey needs to play well tonight, or we're gonna get screwed. Like it doesn't. It's gonna be some no name pinch hitter that hits a triple with a guy in first. Yeah, and and to your point, in what like if we're flipping sides, like the Dodgers, they like you said, highest pay rate, you know, uh, you know, payroll. They have huge names on their team, and it's like okay. Justin Turner's up. I'm expecting Justin Turner yeah. to hit a bomb here. Mookie Betts is up. I'm I'm expecting to either have him hit a home run or get on base and steal something. Mm-hmm. You know, where with the Giants, it's like, 
All right, we got guy hit a bomb. I'm up. Hey, he's got a single. Let's play with the single right. now. Like, there's it, no pressure on everyone. On like a you specific said, specific guy, right. exactly. And it it just it makes for a lot more comfortable baseball. I for tell sure. you that. I mean, I I'm over here like as a fan going, God, I would absolutely love that. No pressure. Just can you hit it? Get, just make it get in play. You there's, know, there's still the pressure because you put that pressure on yourself of course, as a of course, player. Yeah, but I totally agree that it's not the same thing. Where Mookie Betts is a fan, phenomenal player, but he's th- probably thinking like, "Hey, I gotta get going because yeah. I'm the catalyst to this whole thing." Whereas the Giants are like, "Hey, let's put an inning together. Like, let's get a guy on base. Let's get him over. Let's you know work the count." It's a completely different. They're a completely different mentality than everyone else in the playoff structure. Yeah, and when you have that mentality, like you were saying with Mookie, you, you as a as a batter now, you start you know pressing a little bit more on hits. You know, I'm I'm pushing swings a little bit more. I'm taking a little more chances just because I am trying to get on mm-hmm. base or win the fucking game. I mean, it's right. just it's such the disparity in the teams for Giants and Dodgers right now is so vast, it's so crazy to watch because yeah. it's, <laughs> it's just complete exactly. It's the two completely different sides of like how you build a team where Giants weren't even expected to make the playoffs. They end up with the best record based on this baseball brand that they've been yes. playing. And the Dodgers are like the flashy Hollywood, you know, Mookie Betts, Will Smith Corey Seager, Justin Turner, you know, like, they have all these names that are supposed to produce. And then they scored zero runs yesterday. So, you know, who's to say they're not going to press again today? But they may be just talented enough to push through it and actually get those hits. Mm -hmm. And I do like the Dodgers tonight because they're just – the teams are so – like, they're one game apart in the regular season standings. And I don't think they die on their home field. I want them to. I agree. But we'll see. Point it all. Absolutely not. I, again, I didn't watch it live, but let me tell you, I was on those highlights, Mm -hmm. you know, immediately. (laughs) And just the fact, I told you this earlier. I told the peanut this (laughs) earlier. I'm afraid, and I I probably said this last time we covered this, I am afraid of either of those men hitting me. Because oh, yeah. you can't take one of those. No, and if hey, if I do, I'm out for like two years. Oh yeah. There's no way I'm coming back, boys. Those are giant men, especially with Tyson Fury being the latter, being six foot nine, two hundred seventy-seven pounds. I mean, that's. I don't know what that's like to continually get punched in the face by a guy that big, who's like literally he was created for. To be unbeatable in boxing, apparently. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. But the fight was unbelievable. And credit to Deontay Wilder, who I thought had been very like odd and strange during the buildup. But I, you know, boxers are the are interesting people anyway because yeah. it's an individual sport, and it's very showy. And you know, the press conference is a show essentially to get people to buy the pay per view. So you don't actually know what they're trying to do you know it's a very much a yeah. ticket you know biased and i buy in every time because i love it and also to that point like bo- boxing is it's it's kind of in its own like little home yeah if you will exactly and there's specific ways you can be successful and the, you know the floyd mayweather model makes the most money so people try to do that yeah but anyway so 
the reason I'm bringing it up is because Deontay Wilder, you know, the first he first of all when they first fought, he was the heavyweight champion of the world, yep. WBC. He was undefeated. So and you know he's like forty forty one and zero with forty knockouts, something crazy like that. So yeah. he's obviously very confident in his ability at that yeah. point. So then they have that fight, and you know a lot of people say that Fury won that fight. They ended in a draw, um, but there's definitely that feeling of oh shit, am I not an invincible boxer mm-hmm. anymore? Yeah. But so they do the draw, and they have the second fight, and the second fight was a complete dismantling. Of Deontay Wilder. I mean, Fury Fury was just levels above him that night. Yeah. And then based on that, you know, uh, Wilder came back with a million excuses of why that night was to be. And personally, I think it's because it's the first time he's lost and he couldn't take it personally. No. And had to figure out there was must have been some other way I lost. It couldn't have just been that he's better than me. Yep. And I think that's a boxing mentality that probably drives you to the, the top of the mountain. But also is, you know, a slippery slope of, well, hey, man, if you're not going to respect this guy, you just beat the shit out of you, then it could happen again. Well, and also, like, kind of, and again, kind of alluding to what you were saying is, I don't know if you saw prior to the fight where uh wilder's team was checking tyson's gloves did you watch that yeah dude i watched the whole that was one of his excuses is that he put pieces of metal in his gloves fury that's what he said fury did which i mean they inspect the gloves a million times if anything that would just tell me if i'm fury like this guy thinks i punched with metal shit in my hands yeah and yeah and they also i mean i'm getting a little into the weeds of the video but like they cut up, I think, one of the gloves that he has. Because I think you get, like, wow. five. I see that. I think you get, like, five or six right. gloves. And then you pick whichever one you want to yeah. fight with. And, you know, the f- fighting commission or whatever, you know, I don't know how deep that is. But they inspect the gloves. But they actually had, like, a breakout of a glove. Mind you, I don't know if it was an immediate cut right. of his glove. So, but still, I mean, the fact that you're coming up with that mentality of, like, this guy's got fucking cinder blocks in there, pieces of metal in yeah. his gloves. It's like, no, motherfucker, those are his hands. <laughs> yeah. Good heavens. Right. So that's already in his head, right? Yeah. It's like, you, and the fact been, that your team yeah. focuses on that, right. too, that's, that's bullshit. Yeah. That's, that is the, such bullshit. You got the wrong people around you, I would say. Yeah, I so agree. So going into the third fight, uh, watching the press conferences leading up to it, Tyson Fury... Uh, had never changed his persona whatsoever. Like, because he, he won the fight, so, you know, he's... I did what I came to do. Like, he's confident in what he does. Yeah. But Deontay Wilder, on the other end, like, he had headphones in, like, wasn't talking during the press conference. Like, I'm not going to answer any questions. Like, I'm not going to listen to him. So, to me, it was like... You're scared. You're scared? Yeah. Kind of? Like, I don't think he's a scared man. I, like, he's an animal. Let's put it that way. But I think he was trying to put together a strategy of, like, okay, this is how I'm going to beat this man. And, I, like, I'm just going to focus on the pure boxing side of it and nothing else. And, that, and you know, that's not a horrible idea. But, look, you, have to, to win. you also have to respect the guy across from you. In or, and based on how the third fight went, which, while, you know, at the beginning of the first round, they're exchanging blows and it's back and forth. That's what heavy heavyweight fight Fucking is. Fucking big bears Especially fighting. Especially these, these dudes. But um, 
And I think he did box a lot better than he did in the first two, where he yeah. was just trying to land the big punch and yes, sir. murder him. But uh, in the fourth round, he knocked Fury down twice. And we, I was re-watching it before we got started here. And then, you know, Fury gets up and continues to fight, like goes right back at him. And I think that is what separates those two men right there. Yes, I completely agree. I think that Tyson has this mentality of... I say Tyson? Yeah. What did I say? Um, I just that got... His name. I know, but I got Mike Tyson oh. stuck in my head. I don't know why. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. <laughs> but I think what Tyson Fury is... One, he's confident in himself. But two, he just knows that this is the way I'm going to do it. And I'm going to beat you. And you need to respond. Right. And as a as a fighter, as a boxer, as any professional athlete, if you have that mentality, it is going to be a, a tough time to beat you. Right. So he gets up twice. And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking Deontay Wilder probably used it all right there in those first like five rounds yeah and he had got him down twice and he's like and you know it came in a little heavier this time at 233 and he got him down twice and he's like all right you know i'm probably pretty close to finishing him but it's also like shit he's getting back up though like without really any wobbles in my mind it just pisses tyson off more it's like and Motherfucker, also, I gotta get up. <laughs> and there also has to be something psychologically when the guy gets up twice. So he not got knocked down twice in one round, gets up twice, and just comes right after you again. And if you've spent all that energy trying to get this giant man knocked out, basically, yeah. and to the ground, I mean, that energy's gone. And then if it doesn't affect Fury that much, whether it be his sheer size or, uh, you know, just the type of boxer he is or the granite chin he has, whatever... If you can't match that energy going forward, like Fury's still has a lot left in the tank, and that's exactly what we saw of Wilder is level going down and Fury's level continuing to go up. Um, and you know they're he's still exchanging blows with them. Yeah. But the eventual, you know, knockout punch that Fury had was devastating. Devastating punch. Like he went came straight from out to the ground. Cannon, man. And the ref event, you know, the ref had given. I thought the ref did a great job, by the way. Of Letting them both get up when the the knockdowns happened, uh, but the last one it was all right. This is over. Like you're done, man. And it was yeah. a clean, cold cock punch in the eleventh round. And look, Tyson Fury to me is like the superior boxer in that situation. Totally. And what I had said in the notes is uh. So after the fight, it's like, okay, he got knocked out. Great fight. There's knockdowns both ways before the eventual knockout. Yes. But Tyson Fury goes up to Wilder at the, you know, now that it's over, you're knocked out, whatever, and goes to shake his hand, and Wilder said, like, I don't want to shake your hand. And I, I think that's, like, complete bullshit of any sport, really. Boxing, one thing, but if you get your ass beat, fair and square, for, and you, you have this moment with this person, which in boxing is very, like, it's you and I sharing this experience together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to have, to me, that type of respect at the end to be like, hey, I gave it everything I had, but maybe I'm not good enough. And I don't think Wilder maybe has that in him at all. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um, it's funny because I hate shaking hands after football games. It's one of the, <laughs> I think it's just... It's, just, it's like, it, but it's not that you like it. It's just 
you got to do it. It's yeah, like yeah, the yeah. hockey respect line. Yeah, yeah. You know? No, no. I, I completely mm-hmm. agree with that, even though, you know, sometimes I just don't do it mm-hmm. and I just walk away. Which, hey, that's my cross to bear. But, <laughs> but with that being said, for me, I'm kind of broadening this now. But, like, the handshakes after games, I think is, like, it's a part of the game. Mm-hmm. But in football, I was always, like, very adamant of, like, I'm going to shake the guy that just, we had a tough battle. I'm yeah. going straight for that guy. Exactly. That Everyone else, like, I don't know who the fuck you are. I don't really <laughs> care. But, the, like, two defenders, like, if they're playing very well against me and I'm like, fuck, man, I'm exhausted. Like, yeah. Hell of a game. Yeah, Whether I lost respect. or you won. Yeah. In boxing and in MMA where it is directly just you. Combat. And the other guy and the space around you. Whoever wins or loses, you don't have to say anything, but just shake the gentleman's hand. Right. Or the woman's hand. It's just like, shake their hand. And you don't have to say a fucking word. You can literally say, right. that's it. Just shake the hand and go. And the way that Tyson Fury... Pardon me. Um, Wilder did that. It's just, it's low, man. And the whole like, I don't want to talk to you before the fight. I don't want to talk to you after the fight. I'm not shaking your hand. It's like, I don't know what type of persona you're trying to emulate with your own boxing, you know, life. But that's not it. And to get your to get knocked out and not shake hands or whatever, but to get knocked out like the way he did and have Tyson just come back and like constantly get up and say alright we're gonna keep fucking doing yeah. this like you deserve to get your ass kicked at yeah. that point and I mean and you would figure you know if you're fighting a guy and you knock him down twice and when you're trying to knock him out there's gotta be some type of like damn this yeah. I respect I respect how this guy is just continuing to come after me yeah I completely agree that's how I would view it but Unreal heavyweight championship fight. I want to see more boxing matches like that. Um, and I want to see... It might be a while, because that was a big trilogy, but we'll see who uh, Tyson Fury takes on next. I bet Wilder comes back before that, and maybe maybe he can climb the ladder and get to a fourth fight. And their head coach cry. For God's sake, get, <laughs> get the guy a W. That's right. If there's Holy 30 shit. seconds left in the game, play a little defense. I don't think that's asking that much. Especially with Kirk Cousins at quarterback. If it's Brady or Rodgers, I understand. I've been there a million times. Mm-hmm. And then going into the MLB postseason, we got Astros, Red Sox lined up in the ALCS. As we were podcasting, the Braves took a 5-4 lead in Game 4. So if they finish that out, which is their three outs away, they will move on to the NLCS. And they will play... Hopefully the Giants. That's right. Which will take place later tonight. The Giants are up 2-1. I like the Dodgers to make it a Game 5, make it the only series that makes it to Game 5, a winner-take-all. But in a perfect world, the Giants win 106-0. (laughs) I absolutely love that. And then finally, the heavyweight title scene around the world. Knockdowns both ways. Before the eventual knockout in the 11th round with Tyson Fury retaining the WBC and lineal heavyweight championship. Just an unbelievable occasion. If if you're not into fighting, 
You gotta see a fight like that, I think. Yeah. To understand why we I would have loved are. to have seen it live there, right. you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, especially, it's just the atmosphere that a fight brings. Yeah. Is just, it's just awesome to watch two warriors who are skilled at the, at, you know, excuse me, the top of the class mm-hmm. of boxing, MMA, UFC, you know, all that stuff. I mean, it's... <laughs> all that jazz. All that jazz, all that energy, but Polar Bear... What do you got? Well, you know, hey, I'm sorry, I cut you off a little bit there. I'm <laughs> I like ex- to I'm no, jump in. That's right. Um, again, NFL just exceptional this past weekend. A lot of shit going on. <laughs> MLB, of course, like we said, no, you know, <laughs> Saints suck this year, so fuck them. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, again, great week for sports. Get ready. Um, a lot of more stuff to come. I, you know, I'm excited about the NFL season. It's going really well. And, you know, there's so much stuff that goes on in the week. It's impossible to cover it all. But that's why you check out the Instagram. There the we blog. go. Look, there's a lot of stuff. Like, Alabama lost to Texas A&M. That was a big moment. It was huge. So, but it was on our story. I'll tell you that. It was. We it don't was. miss shit on the story. We do not. So check that shit out, too. At underscore sports banter. But for episode 36, Sports Banter, out. out.